Hello and welcome to Touchline from Casper Els and Mark Cameron. Hello Mark. Hi Cas, nice being back. Definitely nice being back since there's no rugby or no real rugby. We can uh, at least talk about some curry cup and all the rest of it. But I mean the real rugby, the club rugby is not there. Okay, I was just going to wonder, I was wondering <laughs> what you're referring to. So, but yeah. Club rugby, I mean you club coach, so. It's, well, definitely, it's definitely the real rugby. Technically, I was a club coach. <laughs> also done. true. Also true. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, first, touching on some Curry Cup. Um, some good games played this last or past weekend uh, on Saturday. The Lions and the Sharks. Lions 14, Sharks 56. Yes, that hurt. I really didn't know where to go with that one. Being a Lions supporter, but being involved in Shark Country, it was a bad one. I don't think it's a bad one. It will just but in any case, no, you. it was. You should have been with me. You should have. <laughs> it, it, it was bad. I, I love the fact that the Sharks did well, but I hated the fact that the, the Lions lost. So yeah. it's. Look, I don't, I don't. Obviously, I can't speak on your behalf, but uh, I don't, I don't think it's it, it's a loss issue. I think it's the way it happened and what's happening there. And you know, I feel, I feel for them. So, but it is what it is. But, but you know, taking nothing away from the Sharks, the Sharks played well. The Sharks outplayed them in every single facet of the game. They were just the Lions were in the game for the first ten minutes, and thereafter there was just nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, I agree, but uh, you know, there's, there's. <laughs> You know, as a coach myself and you being involved in rugby and anyone that participates in, in, in team sport will know, um, you know, the Lions haven't done well this whole season. And lots have been expected of them. Um, there's rumours that the coaches are going to be uh, moved wherever they want to go to and new ones are going to come in. I mean, so all of that will obviously play a role. The, the players themselves, I can only assume aren't as motivated as they should be um, because of how the season has gone. Having said that, though, other than this game, uh, there's been one or two as well. But, I mean, a lot of their losses have been close losses. Um, it hasn't been hasn't been a runaway like, like this one. Yes. But, I mean, be it as it may, um, on, on, on the weekend when the Lions played the Sharks, the Sharks were better than them. And, um, you know, that's how it happened. And well done to, to our people. 100%. Well done to Sean Everett and his troopers. Brilliant game. Um, then the Cheetahs, Pumas. Cheetahs 19, Pumas 28. What happened there? Well, I don't think anything happened. I think, uh, unfortunately, it's been the Cheetahs season as well. Um, you know, they've surprised. When I say surprised, you expect them to do well. They've they've uh, played well in some games and, and, and beaten some teams and ran certain other teams close. But... One can't take it away. We're going to get to Greekworth now as well. But, I mean, you can't take it away from the Pumas. I mean, they are lying in the top half of the Curry Cup, vying for a for a playoff berth, um, both them and Greekworth. And, and they've just been playing exceptional rugby, and deservedly so. They're there. If you look at the... the because both them and Greekworth are the so-called smaller unions. Yes. Um, they're ahead of three massive unions, and, and those unions have all played super rugby. They're going to go and play in the European Cup, and there's so much at stake here. Um, and they, they've put up their hands, yeah. and, and good. And, and, you know, from a, from a rugby lover's point of view, it's nice to see the smaller unions put their hands up and, and, and play a little bit. Look, when I say fortunate, I, I say that with, with respect to them as well. It's been fortunate that many of the bigger 
provinces have obviously lost their Springboks to Springbok yes. rugby and that. But the Cheetahs haven't really because I think they only lost Franz Stein. Yeah, and the Lions haven't really. They only lost, I think it was um, Elton Yankees. So um, maybe one or two extras. But I mean, the bulk of the Springboks have been made up out of the Western Province, the Sharks and, and the Bulls. Yes. So, uh, but well done to to both uh, Jimmy Stonehouse and Scott Matty from, yes. from Greek Wars. I mean, it's absolutely awesome. And you know, they've always been powerhouses at home. This year, they got a right to perform away from home as well. Talking about Rikwas now, Rikwas, Western Province, 46-25. I mean, that's a hiding. That's a proper hiding from Rikwas. Yeah, look, look. Yet again, they played at home. So um, when they play at home, it's they're a different kettle of fish, but they've proved it on the road as well, as I said, with the Pumas as well. They've, they've played very well away from home. And, you know, you're not, you don't end, well, there's still a round left, but you don't end third and fourth in the Curry Cup if you can't perform throughout the year. You know, so uh, well done to them. And this weekend we'll get to the fixtures. It's going to be a tough tussle to see who stays in the top you're talking, four. You're talking about Chikwes playing at home. Do you think it's got anything to do with the yellow lawn there? Not playing on the green like they used to and playing on the yellow. Yeah, they make them tough up there. Eh? So, uh... <laughs> talking about the log... Um, Bulls still on top, 44 points. Sharks second, 40 points. Griquas third with 33. And then Pumas, 32. Um, you were talking about Griquas and the Pumas. I mean, they're lying third and fourth on the log. And then it's Western Province, Cheetahs and the, and the Lions, bottom of the log. Yeah, so, so this weekend when we get to the fixtures, it's going to be uh, quite interesting because... Um, the top five, look, the Bulls and the Sharks are guaranteed of playoffs. It's just where they're going to be playing. Um, and when I say that, uh, n- none of these sides can actually catch them in the sense of home semifinals. So the Sharks are obviously hoping that the Bulls will lose and the Sharks win and get with yes. a bonus point and the Bulls don't get a bonus point so that the Sharks can possibly have a, a home semifinal and a home final then. Well, if you if you look at that now, just just a permutation there. If the Bulls lose with a bonus point, they go to forty five. Yeah, correct. If the Sharks win with the bonus point, they go to forty five. Yeah. As it stands now, the points difference for the Bulls is seventy one, and the points difference for the Sharks is seventy six. Yeah. So that will also come into correct. play. Correct. So you start playing with permutations. It's it becomes interesting. Yeah, no, hundred percent, and it's all to play for, you know. So, um, and then if we go to the fixtures just now, we'll see who's playing who, and then it makes it even more interesting reading, you know. But uh, well done to the to the top four, and then as we said, obviously Western Province is lying fifth at the moment, so they themselves stand a chance of still making the yes. the, the semi-finals. And this coming weekend is the last round, so it's all to play for. Last round, talking about the last round, Rikwas versus Pumas. Half a log pock on the yellow surface. So that is the one I'm referring to. So they're lying third and fourth. Yes. So both of them... In and there's third, only one point in it. Yes. So both of them definitely want to win to ensure that yes. they are in the in the semifinals. Um, and, it, and to be honest, you know, <laughs> the, yourself now, like a, like a line supporter and, and province supporters will, will gun me for this, but... You know, if you look at two smaller unions, I'd love to see both of them play in the in the semi-finals. I think sure. it's 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 long in coming, um, and they really deserve it. So I'd love them to see them there. But 
as normal. You need to play right until well, the end. The Lions can't do anything anymore because you've got Rikos Pumas, as we said now, and then the Bulls Cheetahs at Loftus, yeah. and then we've got the Sharks Western Province in, in Durban. Mm. The Lions aren't playing this weekend, so the Lions are bottom of the log, Correct. and that's it. They, they are where they are, and they can't do anything about it. Yeah, look, and, and, and the f- what are the chances? One never knows. We've seen that in rugby now. Don't uh, bag the points before you play. But what are the chances the Bulls would think that the Cheetahs would beat them at home? Who knows? The Cheetahs would fire themselves up because they obviously don't want to finish the season on a, on a losing note. The Bulls know they technically only need one point out of it to hopefully be in the final. Um, and then obviously the Sharks and Western Province, that's going to be a tough one because Western Province know they have to beat the Sharks to pass either Griquas or, or the Pumas and uh, because one of them have to lose. And then, uh, so that's going to be a tough one for the Sharks. Luckily for the Sharks, we're playing at home, but Western Province have had our number here. So at home, as one in the past. Let's talk about permutations now. Rick was lying third on 33 points. If Rick was go through or lose to Pumas with a bonus point, they go to 34. If Province win without a bonus point, they go to 34. Mm. Then once again, the points difference comes into play. Rikwas at the moment is sitting on 19 points and Western Province on minus 5. Mm. See, but there are other permutations that you can add to that. So we're talking, we're talking if, Pumas, if Pumas beat Rikwas, but Rikwas yes. lose and they get one bonus point. So if Rikwas get a bonus point, they go to 36. I mean, so without a bonus point. So they will automatically be in there. Then it's a it's a toss up between whoever else might be there because um, the the Stormers or Western Province need to be the beat the Sharks, um, and if they get a, a, a five pointer, then they won't make it in any case. So if Pumas win, it's done and dusted. The only difference there is that obviously if Rikwas gets a losing bonus point, they go to thirty four, and then the the Western Province have to beat the Sharks with a bonus point to kick them out. Otherwise, they'll be there in any case. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, sh- the Sharks are basically safe at, at second. Yes. Immaterial of what happened. Both it doesn't the sh- matter. Both the Sharks and the Bulls will have Think, home Think was coming away with five points is going to take them to 38. And the Sharks are currently on 40. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pumas winning with a bonus point will take them to 37. Mm. Um, and let's say then Western Province come away with a with a bonus point. Heaven run. forbid, but yes. Will take them to 35. True. You know, so... Um, the only real fight is amongst yes. three, four, and five. Definitely. Definitely. For, for one, one and two, I think they they safe where they are. The sad part is if if Western Province beat the Sharks and the Pumas beat Griquas, then Griquas are out of it completely. That's the mm. bottom line. You know, so uh, it's all to play for, and it's going to be a cracker. But I think the the more important one is Western Province. Western Province have to beat yes. the Sharks. If Western oh, Province yes. don't beat the Sharks, the top four stays as is. So. 100%. That's the, that's the main aim, and, and yes. Dobson will know his charges have to come here. And he's also under pressure because he's had an up-and-down season. Um, I think there's a lot of question marks with regards to what is happening there. And, there's, I mean, they've signed some phenomenal players again coming back. Um, but yet it's still a battle, you know. So who knows? Let's see. That's the beauty of, of rugby. What do, you, what do you think the impact of uh, Sia Kulisi and, and all these guys moving to the Sharks have on, on that squad? Well, I think Asiya Kulisi 
I'm not talking player now. I'm talking leadership. I think it's probably a massive, massive uh, loss for them. Um, I don't think that Western Province probably knew that he was leaving at the end of last season, starting Curry Cup and, and so forth. Um, so I think from a leadership point of view, it's it's something to adapt. Um, look, they all provinces lose their Springboks regardless. Yes. So you can't you can't look at a Bongi Mbonambi because he hasn't really been well. He hasn't played for the Sharks at all. So in theory, he's still part of a part of Western Province. So it's only the Siakolisis of the world. Um, but I think leadership and 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 that is probably a massive loss. They've got some phenomenal players. I mean, he stepped out, although they're not in the same position. But I mean, Sia uh, stepped out and Ivan Ruiz stepped in. Yes. Um, so, I mean, they've got some phenomenal players. So, uh, uh, yet again, I think it's something similar to, to the line setup where there's a chemical imbalance possibly in, in the team where things aren't going well and people are under pressure and so forth. Um, you know, but I think that the, the Western province, more than the lines, should be under pressure because Western province have some, I'm not saying the lines don't have quality players, but Western province have some ex-Springboks and some talented seasoned players playing for them where the Lions have basically gone through a whole new, uh, new structure and setup. And I mean, I feel for I feel for Cash Van Royen as well because and Sean um, Erasmus and them because, you know, it's new coaches, new team. Problem is where do you draw the line? You know, it's a professional outfit. You get appointed, you are expected to produce the goods from the beginning. Um, you know, the whole Curry Cup, the whole of the Curry Cup has been a problem with regards to defence and whatever. I mean, we've scored tries left, right and centre. I think it's from a from a spectacle and a, and a defensive point of view, it's probably the worst Curry Cup we've ever had with regards to so many points per yeah. game. Because yeah. um, that's not traditional traditional Curry Cup rugby and normally hard and, you know. So, um, but I think they're under pressure. And um, But Western Province... I think Western Province has been a disappointment this year, um, and I don't think their fans would be happy with where they are. The scary part is when the Lions and Province and the Sharks and the Stormers, obviously, I mean, and the Bulls, obviously, but when the Lions and, and Province have to now go and play in Europe um, against quality, quality, quality sides, and you're, you're not as positive as you should have been, going over there. It could just, like Cheetahs found out, I mean, Cheetahs were a positive side when they went and played there. So was the EP Kings. Yeah. Um, and some of them got hammered, you know. So it's, and, and, and it's sad because Western Province traditionally has been one of our stronger unions all these years. And it's sad to see where they are. It's still, it's still the, the side with the, with the most Curry Cup wins. Yeah, luckily, so, luckily you can't take that away from them, you know. But unfortunately, as they say in in rugby, you're as good as your last game, and coaching staff probably as your last season, and so forth. So it's it's a tough place to be in. But you know, many years of Springboks is a prime example. We went through a dark patch in in South African rugby before the last World Cup, and it took just some tweaking. And I mean, we still had the players. Province have the players. I'm not saying coaching staff is an issue, but there's obviously something wrong. Um, some tweaking, some belief, some buying and so forth, and then who knows, you're back there again, you know. But, I mean, when, when you're negative, to get out of that hole is, is very difficult. To find that right button to push. But they'll be back. They, they, they size, will be back. So, no, they definitely no will be back. no two ways about it. Um, then moving on to Springbok Rugby, um, Argentina, South Africa. Springboks beating them once again, 29-10. Um, 
I think one of the the better games the the Springboks has played. Um, seeing Billy Larue on the fly again, creating space, creating overlaps, and getting the rest of the team into space is is absolutely phenomenal. I agree. Uh, well, I don't agree with everything, but I mean, I agree with, <laughs> with what you're saying. And, and the reason why... Um, you like to disagree. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> and, and the reason why I say I don't agree with everything is, I think, one, because we, we won, well, we did win comfortably again, don't get me wrong, but because we won comfortably in the first test, and now the second test we brought back all our heavy artillery, I think the expectation was there that we would do a lot better maybe a higher score or so forth. The concern is in both tests that in the first half, we basically didn't look like scoring. Um, throughout the match, to be honest, we didn't look like scoring. Um, you know, yes, Villeleru created magic on the left-hand side when he when he changed direction and Pimpi yeah. scored and so forth. But we need to see that more often. You know, we've got some talented players. We, our back three is, is some of the best in the world. Um, Chesney Colby is arguably the best winger in the world. Um, Mpimpi is a great finisher. Uh, Valilaru is he creates magic out of nothing as well, same as same as the other boys. And then you got our two probably the two best combinations centre pairing in yes. world rugby at the moment. Yet we don't finish. Um, I do understand it's part of our specific game plan that we're playing. But if you look at, and, and who knows, uh, proof will be in the pudding when we start playing finally now and we'll get into that a little bit later as well. But, you know, if you look at New Zealand and Australia are struggling at the moment, but I do believe that Australia will get bonus points against them. And that's where I know Nina Arba said he's not too concerned. Well, he wasn't concerned because we, we gave away a try trying to make up an extra try and score to get the bonus points. But you can't, for me... You can't try and rush to get a bonus point in the last 10 minutes in the game. You had 70 minutes prior to that to ensure that you do get your bonus point. You know, so but then oh, give perfect. it to give it to Argentina. I mean, their defence was good, and it's just I think world the world knows that South Africa has a very good uh, kicking kicking game and a very good defensive pattern. We'll see how good it is against New Zealand, obviously, because they attack from anywhere. But we will be prepared for them. The sad part, yet again, if we go back to the lines, maybe into Western Province from a from a belief point of view, later on, the Springboks themselves might not believe that they're good enough to score from anywhere because of the guy, the way we play. Because they know strong up in defence, contest for the ball, win it back, and then see what happens and so forth. So I I, I believe we've got a very good mix in the side where we can actually score tries, we can run from, we've proved that, I mean, against oh, yeah. British and Irish lines as well, that we can when we do want to do it. When we played in the World Cup final, everyone said kicking game, kicking game, and it was hardly non-existent. We attacked, so we can do it. Totally different. 100% though, that doesn't matter what happens, winning is winning in Test Match Rugby, it doesn't matter how you do it. And and a lot of people now say that this, this uh, bonus point that we didn't get against Argentina could come back and bite us. It could be, but I disagree because, and it's easier said than done because we need to beat New Zealand twice. But if you just win your games, you will automatically go through in any oh, case. So, and you I've, don't need the bonus points. And one thing that I'm 100% sure of is that South Africa now are in a space, even when they play, well, obviously we won't play our B side against New Zealand's A side, but 
even when our B-side takes the field against whoever. We are in a space now where we believe we can beat anyone in the world, anyone and that the world. is the difference with this side. Well, that's the question I wanted to ask you now. Um, once again, let's go back to the um, post-World Cup. Post-World Cup, we haven't played for, for many, many, many a month. And now suddenly we've played six. This was now the sixth uh, test match. We had the one against Georgia and then the three against the British and Irish Lions and now the two against Argentina. And we seem to be, be hitting our straps more frequently, um, sooner in the game and, and with more regularity during the game in the last couple of games as we came through the, the um, British and Irish Lions side. Don't you think that this now, talking about the bonus point and not being able to, to really finish that, um, that last bonus point and, and not making the, the right decisions maybe at the right time, that that is part of the problem, that we haven't had that game time on the field? Definitely, and I'll add to that. If you, if you have a look, barring, barring, and I'm saying possibly, um, and it sounds that I'm hesitant, I'm not because the numbers differed, Barring possibly the British and Irish Lions series, we have chopped and changed our team every single game. Yes. Massively. Okay. And I say barring the British and Irish Lions because there we had three or four changes per game or whatever. So what they've done, and they've done very well, and obviously that's what I'm saying, there's a lot of belief in, in the team. And what is phenomenal is that we've got a young side coming through. So there's many, many... Under 21s coming through the ranks now, 22 and so forth. But what they've done very well is put that self-belief in the youngsters coming through. The difference, I think, and and to come back to your questions, I agree with you 100% in the sense it's taken us long because we had a 22-month or 23-month layoff. Yes, we've played the six tests now in the last two months, but two different sides possibly in two weeks. So you haven't had that yes. consistency going through either. When we go to Australia now, and we'll obviously get to the fixtures and that, we will play four weeks on the trot. Yes, I think there might be, like in the British and Irish line series, there might be the odd change, maybe through through personal, uh, not personal, sorry, positional switches um, or injury or possibly dropping someone for someone else. There won't be wholesale changes. And I think that will help us as well um, going through. So we might, you know, it's going to be, what, three weeks or four weeks before we play from the time, last time we played Argentina yes. now till we play the first game against Australia. Um, so the first game we might be a bit stiff yet again, but then we'll start playing well and it will be con consistent going right through. So I think we'll be much better. Now, talking about the numbers and the, and, and the two sides and the youngsters coming through, don't you think that... That was the aim, is to, to get the, the larger group going because we, we know what COVID does and, and, and how it will affect the team very, very quickly. Um, I think the last number I heard was like 44 players going across to, to Australia. And what they've done now throughout the, the British and Irish Lions series and now with the Argentinians is that they've actually given all 44 of those players that they want to take with game time. And at least one start in the test. Yeah. So, so I agree with you 100%. The only one now, unfortunately for Jaden Hendricks, that is out. Yes. Um, Grant Williams has, has come Williams, in. Yes. So he's the only, I think, 
speaking under correction, huh? uncapped player. Um, you know, if if we say uncapped, at least they've they've played, even if it was in the SAA game. Yes. Um, so everyone has. What has been good though is they have been simulating the reserves now, the non-playing 23 have been simulating for the A side or the starting side for the yes. next game. So they've all been part and parcel of whatever and they've chopped and changed. If you look at a guy like um, Damien Willemse, for argument's sake, um, the coaches have let him run at 10, 12 and 15. Yes. Lele Farsi plays at wing for us, but he's been running at 15, which is obviously his natural position. So um, they've chopped and changed in specific positions. And obviously, there's nothing better than a physical game, but their practice sessions have been at high intensity. So putting them under pressure, doing certain things like the opposition would do. So I think everyone everyone will fit in perfectly from the beginning. I think a guy like Williams that has just come in now might battle slightly because he needs to get used to the type of play and what they want to do and obviously their protocols and so forth. What counts in his favour is there's no rugby for the next three weeks. So he will fit into that nicely. Um, he's yeah. joined the squad already. Um, he'll fit into that nicely. And if they do um, push on his button, I think he'll be ready. Having said that, though, I heard that uh, both the nines that are out um, will be ready in the, for the first game. So we should be back to full strength. Um, Sneeman, um, I heard, Archie Sneeman might be ready. Dwayne Fulier, Merrill might be ready. So I think we were, might be back. But the problem now yet again is with a guy like Dwayne Fulier, and he hasn't played in two months. He hasn't played um, in two months. But he's been, yeah, he's been, quite he's been part, part of the squad, and he's, apparently he's been a handful. But having said that, as I said, I mean, uh, Jacques, Nina Armour, and them, they've managed their players well. They have. So I don't, I don't and you know... When you when players start getting respect for the coaches is when the coaches stay true to what they decide and their yes. and their words and their actions and they have said I mean Dwayne Vermeulen we all know is world class. Yes. Um, if I was the coach I would probably have played him already, but uh, Nienaba said until he's not one hundred percent fit to play he yeah. won't play. So you know he might he might only make it in the second game against Australia or in the first game against New Zealand but they have their plans and one mustn't th forget that look we're on a we're on a winning streak now and on a good wicket and that's what we want to do. But after the rugby championships there's still the European tour at the end of the year. So yes. there's plenty to play for and let me tell you I think what they will do, all these youngsters that might not get opportunity now will definitely play in the, in the yeah. end of the year. To, the I year mean, that year. is yes. starting to build now for the next World Cup, believe it or not. 100%. And it, you, you you made mention of the, the the A and the B side, and if you really go and look at it, I can't really see any difference between the two sides, if there's two sides. I mean, you can put the players together, and I think Jacques is in a, in a, in a brilliant space, having 44 players that he can put teams together at will, and they will perform any given day. And I think I think yet again it comes back to the positivity of the players, the players buying in. You know, if I look at a guy like Francis Stein, um, he's in and out. I mean, last yes. part of the World Cup, he was involved in every single game, playing off yeah. the bench. Now he's not even part of the bench because they obviously grooming uh, Damien Willemse for for his role going forward. But I think he understands the role that he's that he's uh, that he has in the group, and each and every one has their own thing. Talking about numbers, it's quite interesting that um, South Africa have decided to take 44 or 45-man yes. squad for in case certain things happen on tour. 
reading in the in social media with regards to New Zealand, um, Posta said that he's not taking so many. I think he spoke about 34 or 35, um, and they will then bring in players at a later stage. So when they when they leave on on Thursday, there's a few key players of theirs uh, whose whose wives are giving birth and that, that will stay behind. But they will bring in key players at a later stage where South Africa decided these guys are going to be part of part of the group from the beginning. So yet again, different styles, different different uh, disciplines in certain aspects, different planning. Let's see who comes on top. Well, I think he's got the luxury that for him it's almost a, a local flight to get players across to, to no, Australia no. where for, for us it's halfway but the around the world. the quarantine thing is the issue and that's what it everyone is was issue, talking yes, about. Yeah. You know, so, um, but I mean, you look at a guy like, like Grant Williams that has been pulled up to the Springbok side, it just makes sense that that youngster joins him from the beginning and goes there. But if they had to pull him up while we were in Australia, he wouldn't have known anything. You know, So um, look, they're all clever players and they're all bright and, and very fit and so forth, so they would fit in very quickly, but there's a, there's a difference playing Curry Cup rugby or Super Rugby and then going to face New Zealand, so um, yes. definitely. No, but, uh, for sure. Well, I think we're happy where we are and, and looking forward to this tournament. Yeah, and good luck to them. Um, fixtures for this rugby championship now. Um, first one on the 12th of September, New Zealand versus Argentina, South Africa, Australia. On the 18th, we've got Argentina, New Zealand again, South Africa, Australia. On the 25th is the big one, um, Australia versus Argentina, South Africa, New Zealand. And I think that's our 100th test against New Zealand. And it looks like we're going to be the the opener for <laughs> for the Australian-Argentinian game. And sadly for both countries, it's not on own soil for any one of them. Look, it would have been, look, I think, I, <laughs> I say this with respect as well, I mean, you want to play New Zealand and New Zealand and beat them. Um, and and from a box point of view, they would probably have wanted to go and play in New Zealand to, to beat them there. 100%. Um, and the yeah. same with New Zealand coming to South Africa. I mean, they would have wanted to come out here and beat yeah, us. Yeah, but I think a neutral venue for now is fine. Eh? So, <laughs> uh, what is nice about <laughs> as those... As long as they play. <laughs> what is nice about those ones, it's... Um, the, the teams, the four teams will all be playing on the same day yes. um, with spectators. So, I mean, for South Africa, it would be new because New Zealand and Australia are playing with spectators currently at their stadia. So, for us, I think that the, our players would actually thrive on something like that. And who knows, there will be many Aussies going out because this is like a mini World Cup if you look at the top six, seven teams on the world. Uh, but but also, also, there's a lot of South Africans in, in Australia and I'm sure there's going to be... Um, Springbok jerseys in the no, in the so. stands for sure. Those that are listening, please make sure you go support the box. <laughs> Whoever's got a Springbok jersey in Australia, go Anything and support. Green will go. <laughs> it will definitely go. So yeah, then New Zealand has announced that Ian Foster is going to be reappointed. We has been reappointed. Um, your thoughts on that one? I think it's probably the right call. Uh, he's been part of the system for, for quite a while and recently took over as head coach. There's been lots of speculation as to whether they will continue because, yes, New Zealand is New Zealand and they always play well. And But 
I don't think things have gone as well as they anticipated or the way it's normally gone in the past yeah. um, with all the other coaches and that. But having said that, after after each and every World Cup, all um, countries go through the same thing where they bring in new people and new coaching staff and so forth. And look, he's been part of the system for a long time. Um, new Zealand will always be good, regardless of, of who you put there or whatever. It's how you do the structures and the self-belief and so forth. And I think from a continuity point of view, it's probably the right thing. Um, whether you'll be there after the World Cup is a, is a different story and one would have to see. And, you know, I say it with respect to, to any coaches as well, may then or his nightmare start in this championship when they face South Africa because ultimately between the two countries, that's a test match that everyone wants to play. And uh, hopefully our coaching staff will will be a bit more superior than New Zealand's coaching staff for a change and let's make it happen. Talking about coaching staff, before we get to the the rankings, um, England, what's going on in the England camp? Now, Joe Lewis has also left and I see now that they've lost almost all their assistant coaching staff over the last couple of months. Yeah, it's a scary thought. I mean, only Mary Proudfoot is still there only, uh, from uh, South Africa. Being, being so. a South African, he's <laughs> going to stick. <laughs> so, I, Feather in his cap, I, I read an article today um, with regards to, you know, the British and Irish Lions coaching staff, and um, someone said, don't look further than Matthew Proudfoot. Um, he's coached overseas before. He's had wonderful What is that, as, as head coach of, as, of the British and, British Irish, and Irish, Irish Lions? Because ideally what they're looking sure. at is someone coaching there, obviously. Yeah, he's yeah. now part of the English setup. He obviously Eddie Jones is one of your best international yes. coaches. He coached under Rashi Erasmus. He's now coached with a guy like John Mitchell. So they say he's yes. got all the all the experience needed, and he might just be the one. So um, you know, so so let's have a look and uh, take it from there. But yeah. yeah, I don't know what's happening there, and and you know, obviously they say. <laughs> They say it's very difficult working with a, a guy like Eddie Jones. Um, and I'm not for one second saying that is the reason why um, all the all the other coaches are leaving. Um, some have left due to personal reasons. Obviously, Eddie Jones has also had a say as to who he wants in and who he doesn't yeah. want in. Um, you know, sometimes it's good to bring in new, new yes. heads and new thoughts and new processes. And I think part of the problem there is... Um, he's headstrong and it sounds like some coaches can't have a say proper say in what they want to do in that and that's why they're leaving So, but good luck to them, they're also a quality side I mean they played in the World Cup final um, and we need them we need them to, to do yeah. well I really thought a coach like John Mitchell would stick with him and take England forward Yeah, look I, I've had the the privilege of, of coaching with John Mitchell before when he was in South Africa. Um, he's also very technical minded and strong character himself and I don't yes. know, I can't speak out obviously, just my thoughts maybe that is part of the problem because initially when, when he joined England I mean, uh, Eddie Jones was full of praise to yes. say what his impact yeah. has been and how he's done and whatever you know, but uh, all these coaches are, are world class coaches and wherever they go um, either club rugby overseas or other unions or whatever, they'll all benefit yeah. from these guys. See, Joe Lewis is going back to Scarlet. Yeah, and I think they welcomed him with open arms. Oh, yes, He's been sure. there. I think this is his third stint there. So, 
<laughs> they obviously want him back. <laughs> and good for him. You know, and, and I say this, sure, I think it's a tough decision to to turn down being involved in a country setup um, and then going back to club rugby. Um, so, but I mean, obviously his heart lies, his heart lies with the Scarlets and, you know, you'd think to yourself, ultimately that's where you want to be as coach of a country, uh, regardless of what form or shape is in. Yeah. Well, it depends on what Scarlets Yeah, no, 100%. And, 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 and look, he has to be happy and, you know, he was very good when he was at Scarlets before, so... You know what? Sometimes stepping up that one one level is is it's nice to have, and it's nice to put it on your CV. But does it really bring the satisfaction that you want in life? Does it really give you what you what you're looking for? That's true. Um, if you look at you know different strokes for different folks, obviously. Yes. If you just look at the, the difficulty with regards to COVID now. So if you look at the Springboks, Argentina and New Zealand now leaving their countries on Thursday, going to go and play in the championships in Australia. You're looking at away from your from your home for three months at least. Um, New Zealand, that's part of the reason why they're taking fewer players because um, Foster said he can bring in some later. Um, because part of that is being away from home for so long. You know, so, I mean, you look at the box and if I don't have it wrong... The box are leaving now. They have to be in quarantine for two weeks. Then obviously three weeks from now, they play against New, uh, Australia for the first time. Then it's a four-week tournament. So you're looking at seven weeks, which is basically yes. two months. Whether they're then coming home, I'm not too sure, before they go to Europe again to play in the end of season. And then you need to go into quarantine again. So although it's nice and you're touring the world, luckily for them, going into that part of Australia where they're going... Um, there's no COVID restrictions, so they're open to go out. Whereas the British and Irish lines obviously were here in restrictions and in a, in a bubble and yes. that. So they have freedom, at least, to move out. But I think to be away from home for so long, a lot of them have got kids. Um, coaching staff we're actually speaking about now specifically, they have kids. It's a difficult setup to be in. You know, Although, although it's something that you aspire to as a youngster, I think it takes a special person to be away from home for so long and, and to do what you love, knowing that COVID has arrived worldwide and your family might be ill and you might be ill. I mean, if you look at the Georgian coach, he came yes. to South Africa, he's still in South Africa. Um, you don't know whether you're coming back or not. You know, it's a sad part. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, and good then, luck And then also to be, to be expected to perform at that level week after week is... Also taking it. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure. You know, luckily it's not a one-man band, so there's many, many people that have a, a part to play in something. But if you look, if you look when you are appointed, so you have your head coach for argument's sake, and you have your defensive coach. So your defensive coach—that's all he has to worry about. It sounds, it sounds like nothing, but it's a lot of work. Um, so he's not the head coach. He hasn't had, He doesn't have any of the pressures of anything to score tries and worry about this. All he worries about is defensively. But now all of a sudden, if you look at our Curry Cup, if you're a defensive coach in our Curry Cup, and let's say it's by the Sharks now, and all of a sudden you le you're leaking tries left, right and centre, game in and game out, regardless of whether you're winning or not, let's say you're losing, but you're conceding and the points against you is like 35-45 per game, you will be under pressure because yes, obviously you're not be. performing your function, yeah. you know. So, 
regardless of whether you're winning or not, there's always something there that puts you under pressure, and it, and it makes it very difficult. So who wants to be a head coach? Because he's in charge of everything, and ultimately he's responsible. I'm going to ask you that question. Let's you one of those. Yeah, but we haven't been playing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool. So, uh, then moving on to the, the world rankings. Um, South Africa is still on top. 94, we opened up a little bit of a gap to New Zealand. Yeah, we've gone up to five again above that. Yes. South Africa sitting at 94.49 points. New Zealand second place with 89.2. Then England in third place with 85.4. Ireland fourth, 84.8. France, 83.8. Australia in sixth. At 83.1, then Argentina, 7th, 82.8, Scotland, 82 points, Wales on 80, and then Japan, which is quite interesting to see Japan in the top 10, um, at 79 points. Yeah, good for them. Uh, they've, Very good for they've, them. you know, in the last few years have played really well. I mean, they played a, a British and Irish Lions pre-season tour oh. game, and um, they didn't do too bad against them either. Um, what is interesting in the logs that, you, that you're talking about now, or the rankings, is that Australia didn't play this weekend, um, yeah. yet they went up. And yet the they only went reason up, yeah. because the box beat Argentina, Argentina, you know, so that's how close it is. I mean, their points... Well, I think that was based on point difference only. Yeah, yeah and I mean, their, their points are very close. It's, it's half, not even a half a point half in a it, point, you know. Yeah. So, um, but uh, it's nice to see South Africa still at the top and increasing their lead again, and I'm, and I'm specifically talking about that because there's many people worldwide that um, wrote us off and that said, we, I mean, some people, some people even say that we're not worthy champions, world, world champions, and that we only uh, one-night wonders, um, yet out of our last six tests that we played, we've, we've won five. Um, you know, and and it speaks volumes for South Africa, it and, and it's a long time that we that we've been here, yeah. and hopefully we can stay. But there. after the World Cup, um, New Zealand started creeping up, and they came very close to to that first first position. And since we started playing, we actually opened up the gap yeah. again. But the the reason for that is obviously we hadn't been playing, so I mean we stagnated in 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 points, and they've been winning, rightfully yeah. so, and and. So be it that they've that they've crept up, um, you know. So I'm not too sure about the technicality and how the formula works and whatever. But if we now go and beat New Zealand, we will obviously get more points than we got playing yes. against Argentina, for argument's sake, you yes. know, because they're down there. So it's all to play for. And I mean, if New Zealand beat us twice in Australia, and maybe we lose to Australia once then they'll no, be they right won't. up there. So no, it's all to play for. Then, and, then they will. you know, it would be, it would be, it would do wonders for South Africa from a confidence point of view if we can stay number one in the yes. world until the next World Cup. Um, because that's always been our downfall. We go there and then it's only a half a season or so, then we drop out. But by hook or by crook, we're still there after two years because we haven't played, but we yes. did so well in the past that no one could catch us, if it makes sense what I'm saying. So yes. now we've got the opportunity. All we need to do, and that obviously win the championship now, but all we need to do is beat New Zealand once and then hopefully beat Australia twice. And then we should, from a world number one ranking point of view, still be comfortably yeah. ahead. I think you, uh, 
you captured it well earlier where you said, yeah, just win your games. Immaterial of bonus points and all the rest of it, just keep on winning the games. I'm just glad South Africa is in a position where, where if you look at our squad system, we've got the ability to do whatever yes. we need to do. Um, you know, a bad look, every team has a bad day. It does happen. Um, hopefully our bad day won't happen now when we go to Aust Australia because those two sides we need to beat. And, you know, for years, for years, New Zealand has been the team to beat. Yes. And and I would I would hate to listen to the critics if we go to Australia now and we lose both games to New Zealand. You know, winning one and losing one we can still handle. To lose both against them, um, regardless of whether you stay world number one. And then think about it. They can never take the World Cup away. They can never take your world number one status away, obviously, if the points don't catch no. you. But to be world number one and world champions and you lose, and to, lose to New Zealand twice... Yeah. As a player or as a coach, no, I would think she's, you don't want to be, it feels like you're second best, really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To lose one is okay, but twice, so I don't know. But uh, let's hope, I think the box are, are motivated and, and good enough to beat New Zealand twice. Yeah, I'm sure they are, and I, I think we've got the players to do it in any case. Um, then coming back to, to home soil, um, club rugby in KZN and for most of it South Africa, has been postponed completely, or actually cancelled now, looks like. Um, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, sadly, I don't, I don't think we, and, and we aren't the powers that be, obviously, um, but I don't think we're in a position to, to restart the season. Yeah. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because we're already at the end of August, and normally by this time our season finishes. Yes. Um, so we still got one half of our league to, to play, plus two games of the, of the first half of the league. And then we're supposed to be going into, into knockout rounds after that. So when we restarted, we was, the league was going to end in the first week in November. Yes. So we're already two weeks past that now again. And let's say they do say, which won't happen now because it's this weekend, but let's say they do say end of, end of August you can start. We will not be able to start if they don't give us at least two weeks to try and do as much as you can. Fitness is a problem, firstly, so injuries is, is a concern. But that takes us to halfway through September. Um, that means we're going to finish in December. So I can't, I can't see it. Sadly so. I can't see it happening. Um, but be it as it may, uh, it's given us the opportunity to refocus and yes. to look at what we could have done better. And where we want to go to, and part of Memzum Toti Rugby Club's five-year plan is to see where we are. So there's a lot of work happening off the field, behind the scenes, if we can put it that way. Um, you know, from a coaching point of view, or from my from my uh, position that I hold at the club point of view, we're looking at recruiting players, coaches, touch rugby. Um, women's rugby, there's so much, and then hopefully uh, we can touch on Colts and the juniors, and there's so much to work on off the off the field. So there's plenty plenty to, to be done, and I'm just hoping by the time we do get the green light, we have our things in place and we can start this from scratch. So looking forward to it. Talking about the, the women's rugby and then juniors or the, or the youth section of it, um, that's going to be hard work to get that going because the juniors hasn't played now for two years. I think you, I think you are right. Um, 
I, I think part of the concern is not with the kids themselves, because I think the kids just want to play and they're at school and they want to run around and they're itching to get onto the field. I think where the problem comes is, and I say problem, um, as a parent, I would question it myself. Um, I think the problem is going to lie with the parents because parents might not want their kids to go and play rugby because of COVID. Yes. So if we were fortunate enough that COVID stopped in December, I don't think it would be a problem. Um, you know, but you you have to you have to be open-minded when you look at it. I mean, if you look at World Rugby, all the professional outfits that are there that test so regularly, they themselves fall ill. How often? So at club rugby, and with the youngsters, you know, the new variant attacks the younger guys as well. So it's a concern. Um, whether whether worldwide, I'm not sure how it works overseas and that, but in South Africa, obviously, there's no junior rugby currently. Um, some of the schools are hinting that they want to start again. Although it hasn't been stopped, the schools had an opportunity to, to start or not, and a lot of the schools have opted not to start. So there are some schools in, in South Africa that, that are playing against each other, but club rugby-wise, I don't think it's happening. Definitely not in KZN. Definitely. Um, you know, so... so I think the, the future of, of club rugby also hangs in the balance because of this. You know, your youngsters need to be out on the park and playing. If you look at even provincial level under 20, how do you recruit if you don't have an SA under 20 side or yeah. top school sides playing against each other? Because you don't know. Currently, don't know. we've been two years without schoolboy rugby. So you might have earmarked someone under 16 and now you're hoping they're still going to be okay. So it makes it very difficult, you know, but one needs to be positive. I, I would sooner plan and then it not happening, then sit back and not planning and 100%. all of a sudden yes. they say, let's go and we haven't done anything, you know. So yeah. it's all to, all to plan for, but looking forward to it, it's a hard road ahead, but we can make it happen. We will make it happen, um, but I'm sure that's all going to happen in next year. Yeah, we need to be positive about that. Yeah, unfortunately, Definitely. it's unknown. We don't know. Um, but having said that as well, it's, it's shown worldwide that if your planning is correct, look, it's difficult to schools and, and maybe maybe when you play in a tournament, it's a different story. Um, it's a bit difficult to go into a bubble and whatever. But Varsity Shield and Varsity Cup happened in South Africa where they went into bubbles 10 days at a time. Um, so there are ways and means of working around it and making certain things happen, you know. So maybe that's something that, that the unions would, would look at because we can't not have rugby going forward. Um, yes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to kill our sport worldwide, though. It's not a South African, unique to South Africa, though. But there are things that we need to do, and all you and I can do is focus on club rugby and Toti itself and everyone else on their own things. And hopefully by the time they open it for us, we'll be ready to go. I'm sure we will be. Thank you very much, Mark. Nice listening to your thoughts here again, your input and your insight into the game. Appreciate. Thanks, guys. Yeah, always nice chatting rugby, you know. Um, as we always say, it's our passion. and We're not on the field now, so you and I are fortunate enough and privileged enough to sit in studio and talk our own feelings and our own... Yes. Ideas thoughts. and thoughts and whatever. Yes. So obviously it's got nothing to do with with uh, anything or anyone else, but just our thoughts on it. Um, but we can still, we're fortunate, we can still express ourselves. So it's always a pleasure and a privilege to sit here and chatting with you. Thanks. Thank you from Touchline, myself, Kasper Els and Mark Cameron. Have a great rugby week.